Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Welcome back to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. This is our second series where we are exploring through the depths of some of our original speakers. Uh, and this morning, we've got Fiona Dehan from Cara Consulting exploring curiosity and worthiness. In the first series of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose podcasts, uh, Fiona shared the two key values that hold the most importance in her life. Curiosity and worthiness are two things that are also very important to the values of entrepreneurial women with purpose. So I was keen to explore them further through her lens. Good morning, Fiona. Morning, Catherine. Is everything um, hobbling and bubbling away in your little world today? Yes, yeah, yeah, hobbling and bubbling away. Um, yeah, still, still waiting to hear. I guess we're all waiting to hear what's going to happen next with regards to the lockdown. But um, yeah, just getting on with things, doing what I can from home. Have my daughter here with me as well, bribed with some snacks and technology for the duration of this. But it's all good. We all know that scenario way too well. So can you share <laughs> a bit more about how you came to realise that these values of curiosity and worthiness were important to you? Yeah, um, I guess the, the concept of, of understanding values and the connection to who I am has been a, a longer journey um, and it's definitely taken a, a while to kind of come to these two and it's probably changed quite a bit over time um, as I've kind of delved into the different layers, I guess, of, of who I am and what's important and why these values are important. But I think the, a really defining um, moment or set of moments in the last kind of year or two has been reading some of Brene Brown's work and her, um, her teachings or how she speaks about values and how she talks about how if you have, if you like having priorities, if you have 10 priorities, you have none. If you have 10 values, then, you know, which ones are you really living in alignment with? And I remember reading her book, I think it was um, Daring Greatly and then Dare to Lead. And in both of them, it talked about that values and goes through that process of narrowing down to two as much as you possibly can. And then last year, I took part in the Dare to Lead program, and which was ran here in Christchurch. And and that kind of gave me an opportunity to discuss what I'd already been doing from my own head and from the book with others that were participating in the program. And, and I walked away with kind of narrowing it down to, to those two values of curiosity and actually authenticity at the time. And, um, and, and yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a process of reflecting on my life and the decisions that I'd made and, and, the, and the times that I felt really good about the decisions that I'd made and those situations and, and looking for what, what were the kind of aligning values that drove those decisions. And, and I think um, that's why curiosity and, and authenticity came up at the time. And then, and then I think in the last kind of 
year or so, I started to question that authenticity. Maybe the last six months or so, I started to question the authenticity one and ended up kind of thinking, I think there's something that, yeah, it's not that that's not important, but the, the worthiness one just kind of started to rise to the top a lot more. And yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up with those two. And so what does curiosity mean to you in your world and what that value really means to you? Yeah. For me, I see curiosity as a moving toward. It's uh, having an open heart and mind. Um, I guess it's about, you know, there's curiosity on, on, you know, on different, I even see it on different levels. So there's a curiosity of self. So a curiosity um, and a willingness to develop self-awareness, to get to know myself better, to, to find out what drives me, to um, step back and observe um, how I think, feel and act and how that influences my life and the people around me. So there's that level. And then there's a curiosity about people around me. So I find that actually to show curiosity about others and to ask them about themselves and what matters to them is actually about showing care and creates connection, um, which I think is, is so powerful. Um, I think a lack of curiosity, I guess, is to be close to the world and to the people in it. And then, and then even you go even at a bigger level, so to be curious then about the world and then the problems that exist in the world or just, or the, you know, not just the problems, but just the world in general is to kind of just to, to be amazed by, I guess, the, the, by the sheer size and volume and diversity and just, just how different, but also how the same uh, people and, and things are across the world. So, yeah, I think that's curiosity for me. And I think what I really love about curiosity as well is that it scales. And I think it was, I think it's Seth Godin. Um, he's like a TEDx speaker, um, one of those kind of self-help kind of gurus and he I remember he said something like kindness scales and I think curiosity is the same so if one person mm -hmm. kind of has the courage to stand up and ask a question or is constantly showing that willingness to learn others kind of catch it and it scales so kind of one person can start a curiosity movement I think mm. that could well be you Fiona mm. um can you share a bit more about why curiosity really matters to you in really, you know, exploring and learning more about people, exploring and learning more about the world? Why does that matter? Can't we just live in our bubble forever and not be, um, you know, and not, not understand what else is going on in the world? You could, yeah. But wow, how boring. <laughs> You know, I imagine like there, like I, I know this. We, we hear so much of what's wrong with the world, and there are plenty of things that aren't working. You know, and plenty of social and environmental issues, but there is also so much right with the world. And if we don't have curiosity, and we don't ask questions, and we and we're not willing to develop that awareness, or we're not willing to learn, we miss out on so much. So. I think actually to be close to the world and to the people around us and to not have an element of curiosity is just to not live. 
And so when thinking about curiosity relating to organisations and to mm. the performance and growth of organisations, how does that play out, do you feel, in your mm. organisation and how do you teach that within organisations to get the most out of the performance of your company? Yeah, and that, yeah, it's such a good question. I mean, it's easy to say how, how it works in, a, in someone's individual or personal world, but how do you scale that, right? And I think it's, so it's, it is vital. Of course, curiosity is like that willingness to learn, to ask questions, to challenge, right? And we want our businesses and our organizations to, especially now, actually, actually well, we need, we need them anyway, even pre-coronavirus. We, we need creativity, innovation, a willingness to explore, find new ways of doing things. And how can you do that if you don't have curiosity? You know, how... How can we um, come up with the next big thing when it comes to science, when it comes to, um, when it comes to medicine, when it comes to tech, when it comes to um, psychology and understanding people? You know, how can we, how can our businesses grow if, um, and grow and move forward and be innovative if we don't create cultures of curiosity? Um, so I think that's, really really important for business and organizations the other thing is like from from a um a people perspective and from people feeling engaged and psychologically safe in their workplaces um, and 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 wanting to go to work and enjoying their work is that curiosity and a willingness to ask questions and being in an environment where it's safe to ask questions increases trust it increases the effectiveness and performance of teams and um, it mean, increases that kind of capacity for conflict which isn't always negative you know that uh, you know a good healthy conflict a good discussion about what's working and what's not is is often the best way to pro- solve problems and make decisions um, and yeah so I think and I mentioned it earlier about curiosity that it scales and that it sometimes takes courage to be curious so sometimes that first person that asks the question when there's an idea that that comes up and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. But, you know, not everyone's fully convinced, but no one's saying anything. That one person that has the courage to be curious and ask a, a challenging question um, may be the difference between that idea really being a gore or not. Yeah. So I think I think there are a couple of reasons why I think it's so important in business um, and in our organizations to have curiosity. So earlier in the week, I interviewed May Chen uh, from a company called mm. Chen Palmer. Mm. And, you know, she sits on a number of boards across New Zealand. And, you know, she really spoke about curiosity and around, you know, asking those challenging questions mm. and not enabling that group think in organisations and mm-hmm. having that courage to be able to step forward and ask those difficult questions and get people to think differently and not just go with the status quo, because as we know, the going outside of the status quo is where we are going to be able to create growth and where we are able to see new uh, opportunities and explore Mm. those things and not just being, and she said, you know, she often gets into very uncomfortable conversations Um, and sometimes people don't like her because of the, the questions that she does ask, but it certainly creates a dynamic where it becomes that, that exploration and mm. that you know thinking thinking differently and that's what we also need to be do as we craft the new norm yeah. 
moving forward yeah. is really having that curious mind and asking the world those questions mm-hmm. that you know you may have been thinking about uh, for some time. I think you know so, what you said there that that May said about uncomfortable conversations. You know, why are they uncomfortable? You know, because if if we're assuming that people are asking these questions with positive intent, right? And which you know, if May is asking those questions, or if I'm asking a question about an idea, I'm doing so because you know I want the best for that company that I'm working with, or I want the best for this idea. And that asking the question and not asking the question is 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 for me feels wrong because then I'm not you know, having the best positive intent. But I also think it's uncomfortable because the second thing we were going to talk about anyway was worth, but that people are tying their worth to their idea. So that's why Mm. they're challenged then when someone challenges the idea, because it's the idea that's been challenged, not the person. So I think often we find it difficult to separate the the two things and that's why it ends up uncomfortable because people are defensive and are unable to kind of separate the their sense of self-worth um from the idea that they have um in order to have a, a civil and 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 um uh, a productive conversation um about an idea not about the person So over hundreds of years, there have been, you know, incredible breakthrough discoveries and remarkable um, inventions, and they all have something in common, and that being curiosity. How do you think we can enable more curiosity in people to be able to come up with those things, to be Mm. able to innovate, to be able to come, um, you know, up with those breakthrough discoveries? Mm. I, yeah, I think it comes down to leadership, really, um, and and how leaders nurture curiosity in their organisations, and and the cultures that they create in their organisations to enable that innovation and creativity and curiosity to to really grow. Um, and as a le- as a leader, I think to create that culture, they need to model it themselves. Leadership works like parenting, I I think, in my view. And we don't always get it right as parents. We certainly don't always get it right as leaders. But it, it's what I mean is it's about setting an example and modeling what we would like to see, what we want to see from others. So when that comes to curiosity, um, or you know, when we're talking about curiosity, I think that means that leaders, if they ask more questions themselves through leading from vulnerability and drawing on their people for answers, rather than thinking they need to have them all themselves, that's a, that's a way that they can model uh, vulnerability, therefore curiosity in their environments. And as I said before, that scales. So if we continuously, if you think of a leader that you may have had in the past or um, someone you know that does this well, um, are they the type of leader that is walking, that, that, is, that is constantly that doesn't ask other people for their opinion, that um, thinks that they have all the answer? Probably not. You know, they're modeling that curiosity and that willingness to be vulnerable, vulnerable themselves. But by creating that culture where it's safe to ask questions, um, safe to challenge each other's ideas and have a capacity for that healthy, healthy conflict, like I spoke about before, um, and, and kind of 
doing that over and over again, really embedding it and creating that culture where it, it's not a one-off thing, where it's a, this is how we do things around here. Um, then that's, that's how I think it can be scaled in organizations. I mean, the kind of the practicalities of that are, you know, you know, I'm not quite sure how that works in different organizations, but, you know, it might be in just, you know, how we set up our meetings, you know, making sure they're set up as safe and inclusive spaces so that people can contribute and be curious and ask questions. Um, and there are lots of different techniques for that. That's the practicalities. But it is about leadership. You know, not do as I say. It's it's not do as I say. It's, it's do as I do and modeling that. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's explore worthiness mm. a little more. What does that mean to you? Yeah. So I guess when you look up the dictionary, you can look up the dictionary definition of worthiness and and I think you find something along the lines of it's the quality of being deserving or to, to have earned something. Um, so that's one of in the kind of about people. I mean, you can definitely have a, a value side of it as well um, for things, but that that's kind of what comes up. But so what I think in a human human being context, I believe that I guess to have a sense of worthiness or self-worth is to be self-accepting and, and believing that we're worthy of love, belonging, connection and safety. I'm not saying a sense of worthiness is saying that I deserve to have, you know, all of the things and all of the money and all of the, you know, all of the, that external stuff. But what I am saying is that, you know, as a human being, that to have a sense, do we believe that we have, if you have a sense of self-worth, do you believe that you're worthy of love, belonging, connection, safety? And I guess I put a question to people is, do we believe that every little baby that is born worthy, that is born is worthy of love, belonging, connection and safety? And if your answer to that is yes, then you're saying that you were born worthy of those things. So my question then is, what happens that this changes as we grow from being babies full of worth and a sense of worthiness to being grown ups who are constantly hustling for our worth and looking for us and external things? So um, when we first spoke, you know, we really explored who you are mm. um, and, you know, that journey to understanding who you are. How does having a deep sense of connection to knowing who you are connect back to worthiness? I, I think that I think to who I think it's getting to a, a belief and an understanding that who I am not what I do or what I have is what makes me worthy of love, belonging and connection. So the distinction, yeah. So I think that's kind of on a, on a really simple level. Um, and I think to, to know or to explore who you are and where you come from can be, is quite a spiritual journey because it, it kind of goes beyond what's tangible and what we can see. I mean, we can say, you know, often I think we spoke about a little bit in the last podcast, um, that often when we get asked who we are, you know, we might say our name, we might say our job title, we might say who we're married to, you know, who our kids are. And yeah, you know, on a particular level, maybe that is who we are, but actually they're the roles that we have in our lives. We discussed that. Uh, but who we are, I think, is deeper than that. I think that's who we are is connected to our values and our beliefs, our heritage, our culture. So, and I think that's a spiritual thing. Often though as well, when you say spiritual, people go, they switch off. They think you mean religion. 
And while, yeah, extent can sometimes kind of be faith-based, I think a broader explanation of it is to see it as a connection to something bigger than ourselves. So who we are and knowing who we are is a connection to something that's bigger than ourselves. And, and what's the one thing that connects every person in the world? Well, we were all born worthy of deserve and deserving of love, belonging, connection and, and safety. So I think knowing who we are um, is a spiritual thing which connects all of human beings. And we were all born with that kind of sense of sense of worth. So, yeah, I think it's a, the connection there is spirituality and then rec- and a shared humanity. And then, but recognizing that who I am, not what I do and what I have is what makes us worthy. So over the years, there's been a lot of research that's been done and particularly around women mm. <clears throat> relating to self-worth mm. and self-belief. What are some of the strategies um, that you could share for women to um, to work on building this from within? Yeah. You know, it's not an external thing that we can go and mm-hmm. um, carry and pick up. It's something that is, um, you know, deep inside us that we really need to work on to then be able to project in a meaningful way. Can you share some more about those strategies that you've mm. um, learnt along your way? Yeah. I think so. I think... A curiosity is a great start. So a willingness, you know, so a, cur- a curiosity about why we feel that way, a curiosity about why we think that and think that way, because we weren't always lacking in that self-worth and self-belief, were we? Because, like I said before, you know, even if we probably don't remember when we were that little, but, you know, when we were toddlers or we were babies and when we were born, we were, you know, we didn't question these kinds of things we we were just worthy and um you know and that self-belief was there as well you know you'd fall over you just get back up again it made no difference and so I think it's a curious you know having that curiosity first of all about why we think and feel the way we do because we weren't always um feeling that way and then with that curiosity kind of I guess journaling is one that I think I had found very very powerful I think you mentioned the same the last time we spoke is that taking time to reflect and journal and ask why to get to the core of that issue and then but keep asking why and then you'll find that you probably come to a point where you can't you know there's no more there's no more whys um, and you've kind of come to maybe a belief or something about yourself or something that's happened that's helped you that that's added to that feeling or created that feeling of a, a lack of worth or or self-belief and is there a way and then questioning that belief that is it fact or fiction, you know, and is it something that that, you know, that I've, you know, that that I've just not created, but I guess that's been created by an experience that I had or um, and, and if so, how can I change it? I know I went through a stage myself where actually I, I went through that and I reflected on my life and, and remember different experiences of maybe being bullied and and where that had completely played into my um, belief of not being enough. And when I got to the reasons, it's like, they're not true. They were, you know, they're not fact. So actually what I did was I reframed, I changed, I wanted to change those beliefs. So what I did was I wrote some new ones, some affirmations, and I actually recorded them in a little voice thing on my phone. And I would listen to them every morning. So you might say affirmations to yourself, looking in the mirror. I found it was a, you know, actually recording them and re-listening to them every day 
was a way to try to change some of those beliefs. Um, I think something else that's really helpful is practicing self-compassion. So there's a really great amount of work by a woman called Kristen Neff. Um, if you look her up, she's got some great exercises actually on her website. And one of them, which I think is really, really powerful, is when you're having those thoughts of um, a lack of, uh, of not being worthy and not believing in yourself, uh, trying to step back and uh, be objective and, and think, what would you say um, to show compassion for a friend who was saying exactly the same thing? And why then? You know, what can you do to provide that same support to yourself and maybe change the self-talk and be more self-compassionate towards yourself to support yourself with developing that, that sense of worth and belief as well? Um, and yeah, there are a couple of things that, that I've tried and that have worked well for me. I think counselling, because sometimes this can be really, really painful. And it's okay to ask for that kind of help. And it's really helpful to speak to someone who has that kind of knowledge and experience to help guide you through it if it's, if it's something you're really struggling with. You mentioned before about, um, you know, the concept of being enough. Mm. And uh, Brene Brown talks a lot mm. uh, in her research and her findings about uh, being enough. Yeah. How does our value of worth play into that feeling of being enough? Yeah. Yeah, if you hadn't guessed already, I'm a big fan of Brene's work. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, so I think that that belief that we are worthy, um, that having that sense of worthiness and um, that we're worthy of love and belonging, connection and safety um, without conditions is the core of believing that we're enough. So we're worthy when we wake in the morning um, with our morning breath and our hair all over the place and maybe not looking our flashes. And we're just as worthy before we go to bed, regardless of how productive we've been that day. So I think that's the connection there for me. We, if we can believe, if we can have that, ultimate, that sense of worthiness, then we can believe that we are enough um, and, and, and that yeah, love, belonging, connection, safety, and those things are, are, that we are enough to deserve those things. We don't need to earn them. We don't need to hustle for them. We may need to earn other things like money, like recognition, you know, whatever. They're external things, but we're enough to deserve love, belonging and connection. And also, I think if we experience a failure in our lives, which we all do, approaching it from a place of self-worth rather than self-loathing and negativity enables us to be more objective. So we can identify, you know, we, if we believe that we're worthy and that we're enough, we can go, OK, that didn't go so well. And instead of saying, I I am a failure, we can say, I failed. You know, it's, it's distinguishing, again, back to who I am is not what I do and what I have. And seeing it through, mm. I guess, the lens of love and seeing it from a loving place. Yeah. And as you said before, how would you, how would you respond to a friend yeah. who said those kind of words mm. uh, to themselves? Mm. So the feeling of being worthy or not can often be handed down by our parents or our own expectations. How can people shift these feelings um, and work to become the best versions of themselves? I think I, I think that I've kind of mentioned a little bit of it already, but it is around understanding why. 
why do we have those feelings um, of uh, um, not being worthy? Why do we not feel enough? And we do need to kind of explore those reasons. And we, it may mean going down a couple of layers and it actually may be quite upsetting and it may be difficult because it may mean reflecting on some difficult times. Because as I said, we weren't born that way. So something has happened along the way that has maybe you know, has prompted those feelings in us. So I think it is really helpful if we can start to understand why and find those limiting beliefs that are there and change them. Almost, you know, retrain the brain and, and using affirmations. And I guess the other part of it is maybe, you know, that self-acceptance, that looking around, you know, who we are now and exploring who you are now and what are your values, what's important to you and how do you, what, how, how do you know, how are you going to use um, what you've learned about yourself, about your values and how you want to live to live a life that is that, that where you do feel worthy and you do feel like you're enough? Well, a huge thank you to you, Fiona, for your initial curiosity mm. to how we first met uh, and how we first connected uh, and certainly spending some time with us this morning sharing what curiosity mm. and worthiness means to you and sharing that with the community of entrepreneurial women with purpose. So thank you. You're very welcome. Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is proudly sponsored by Hello World Travel, Jaguar, Rind and Dilma Tea, with all of our profit contributed to UN Women Aotearoa New Zealand towards women's economic empowerment into the Pacific Islands. Mm-hmm.